first episode of this season, just so what you're about to hear isn't a massive spoiler for you. While we're at it, please do check out our regular publication, Parallel Worlds Magazine, at parallelworlds.uk and on DriveThruRPG. Search for Parallel Publishing. Okay, you three ready to jump back in? Yeah. We are. Yes! Yes! Uh. <laughs> Very good. Last week, our heroes, Shax Cupboard and Barsias, of no affinity, engaged in an Ocean's Eleven-style heist at the Cabsey Manor, hoping to steal their treasured family heirloom and come one step closer to averting the end of the world. You infiltrated the manor, schmoozing with some of the guests, and managed to obtain one of the Cabsey's secret keys to their locked-up West Tower. Your ally, the Archmage Ajpi, was able to summon a legendary monster, the terrifying Tarask which began tearing the manor apart from the outside. You exploited this distraction to climb the West Tower, with each of you suffering some debilitating injuries along the way. You made it to the top of the tower and discovered Lord Cabsey tied up and bound, apparently for quite a long time. As you started searching for the heirloom, a pair of daggers mounted on the wall became animate and started attacking you. That was when a mysterious figure wearing a smiling mask disintegrated the daggers, and introduced himself to you as a physical embodiment of the end of the world, and the force behind a cult known as the Red Truth. Thanks to the quick fingers of the Archmage's maidservant, Mrs. Tin, you managed to retrieve the Cabsey heirloom, which somehow combined magically with the already discovered Orb of Lost Return, to teleport you somewhere far away. Unfortunately, your friend Barsias didn't make it. He stepped forward to confront this mysterious masked figure, and his essence was slowly dissolved as shacks and cupboard were magically snatched away. The two surviving members of No Affinity found themselves sucked into the massive Elevar spire at the center of the city of Garadin, and drawn down below the world itself, to be finally spat out in a realm of complete darkness. The two of you, lying on a small, stony island, adrift in a void. Looking forward, you saw a figure kneeling away from you. As they turned to face you, you saw that it was none other than Valior Godson, the part angel founder of the wicked Salvation Militia, whom you had assumed to be dead after he fell off the edge of the world. And now, as Cupboard gets ready to make his candle-selling pitch to Valior, Valior raises his hand and touches a finger to his lips. He uh, lowers that hand to the glowing chest plate of his armor, and the light suddenly goes out. You all feel chills go down your spine and feel the ground shudder slightly beneath your feet. I'm sure you have many questions, Valior says quietly, and I will be happy to answer as many as I can. However, your arrival will have attracted some attention, and we should get to safety before the forces of ruin are drawn to us. I do recognize that you have no reason to trust me after what I did to the two of you, so if you will allow me this gesture of penance. And he goes up to the two of you, uh, bows his head, and intones a few words in Celestial. Uh, and both of you feel your bodies fill with a comforting warmth as each of you regains 18 hit points. I speak celestial, by the way. Yeah, he's he's just using words of power to cast a spell. 
May you feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> the spell's words are abracadabra, warmy feelings. <laughs> How did you know, man? Now I gotta, I gotta redo all my spellcasting words. All of my spellcasting words are variations on abracadabra. Solid. Uh, but Valior steps back and he shakes his head and says, "Come, we must get to safety." And he turns, and he starts walking towards that glowing rainbow uh, stream that you saw when you first arrived here. What looks like a um, slightly wavering strand, about two feet across, just extending out into the black. And now that your eyes have started adjusting to the darkness, you can see that this endless void isn't just blackness. Uh, scattered all around you, you can see threads of rainbowy light. Uh, and as you see another drifting platform at the end of the rainbow in front of you, you begin to realize that this realm in which you've found yourself seems to be comprised of floating land masses which are conjoined by these rainbow bridges. Nice. Nice, isn't it? Um, I have some questions for Valio Godson. Uh, he has indicated that he will answer your questions, but right now you are in danger and you need to get moving. Okay. All right. I mean, you can still ask. I'm not going to tell you you can't. While I'm, yeah, while we're while we're jogging with alacrity. Oi, Valio! You was doing that trying to kill us, weren't you? Why are you making me feel all fuzzy all of a sudden when you was trying to kill us? He uh, turns to face you, uh, standing on this this rainbow bridge, and he, you know, puts a hand to his lips and says, maybe a little bit lower with the voice. Um, I can't fully explain now. But I will say that not everything is as it seemed to be. Even I did not know the full extent of... Well, the gods' plan for us. Very, uh, very masculine rainbow bridge you're on there, Valior. You must be very comfortable in yourself to be, uh, uh to be, uh, to have made your home in such a, uh, in such a colourful and vibrant place. Well, when there's no other option... You sort of go with what works. All right. Okay. Uh, that that will be. Are, it for are you following? He's yeah. That will do for cupboard's questions for now. He'll just jog on after Valior. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you you move forward and uh, you you see him. He's he's stepped onto the glowing rainbow bridge and start walking across it. And he just walks. His uh, his booted feet making no sound uh, across to the next platform. Cool. Tell us about are the platform. Are you just standing, or are you? Oh yeah, we're following. Okay. I, I'm I'm scampering okay. winsomely after Valio Godson. I did I didn't want to assume that you were just going to go along with this this mass murdering guy. Well, I mean, what what are our options? Yeah, we don't really have many, do we? Yeah, like we could stay here and like we could. We could stay here on this beige rock, <laughs> or we could follow. Or Come we could on, man. Over that don't, bridge. Don't challenge the illusion of choice. Just because you don't have any choice doesn't mean I can't let you choose. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. This feels like the freedom of a drowning man. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, well, cupboard for one likes, uh, given how fuzzy and warm he now feels as a result of uh, the big shiny bloke's warming spell. Uh, that's good enough for Cupboard, and he will follow enthusiastically. All right. 
as as you walk across this rainbow bridge covered uh yourself somewhat hobbled by your uh the missing half of one of your feet um you're you're not sure what to expect as you step onto the bridge uh but the substance of it seems to be solid underneath you um you just keep walking forward and uh in a few moments you are standing on another of these floating stone platforms uh this one uh less just solid rock it seems to have some kind of uh grass and dirt embedded in it almost like this is like an actual chunk of land uh maybe from the world above that seems to have fallen uh to this to this realm below you uh but you start following uh valior across this land uh walking across a number of these rainbow bridges and you go for about uh five minutes or so before valior stops and he holds up a hand for the two of you to stop and he kind of tilts his head to the side a little bit almost like he's listening to something and then he bows his head and he says i hear and obey uh, and he turns to the two of you and he says, It seems that we have a um, a guest that we ought to divert and pick up. This will only take a moment. And he uh, turns and starts walking across a different bridge than the one he was headed for. As the two of you follow, uh, you find yourselves uh, stumbling across uh, a a platform that... It seems to be larger, like a larger landmass, maybe a hundred or so feet across. Uh, and uh, at sort of the center of this landmass ahead of you, you can see a, uh, a silhouette uh, faintly glowing and descending in the air before uh, coming to rest at the center of this landmass in front of you. So you all are, you, you see this platform ahead of you on uh, about... Yeah, about a hundred or so feet away, you can see this uh, this glowing silhouette uh, descending to the the center of this uh, this landmass. Cool. All right, uh, Valior starts uh, leading you forward across to the uh, the other side. Uh, cupboard will scamper after him. Uh, and as you get close, uh, you can see uh, seems to be a uh, semi-conscious uh, humanoid figure. Uh, the faint glow that was surrounding them as they were descending uh, slowly dissipating, uh, leaving the surroundings in darkness. Uh, from what you can see, they uh, appear to have some kind of uh, protrusions emerging from their head. And uh, as Valior approaches, uh, this figure pushes themselves upright and... Uh, turns to face you. Angus, if you would like to describe Blavian. Blavian. Blavian? Blavian. Uh, <laughs> Blavian. Blavian? Must be nice. <laughs> Bill? Uh, yeah. Looks mostly human. Um, pale skin, reddish hair, and a lovely little pair of horns sticking back over his head. Like so. Currently dressed in leathers, uh, appears to have a pair of swords across his back, um, and a large number of knives sticking out from just about everywhere. Just, just to be clear, they are. He, he's he's wearing the knives. He doesn't have them embedded in himself. Yeah, he hasn't been stabbed. Yeah, correct. <laughs> okay. Bandolier, bandolier style style. Is knife. he a tiefling? Okay. Just checking. Um, we'll get to that. Yes. Yes, I am. But that that's another matter for just a moment. Um, sits up, 
cough, cough, and um, starts rummaging around, pulling out a large piece of paper and trying to flatten it out on the ground in front of him. Yeah, uh, just on a, because um, we haven't talked about this in advance. Uh, yeah, we haven't. Blavian, you uh, seem to not be capable of remembering who you are and how you got here. Uh, you remember your name. You remember how to use all the various accoutrements that you have scattered about your body. And you remember how to speak. Apart from that, you can't remember how exactly you wound up in this circumstance. I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> Who's this black? You, you see this uh, uh, mysterious individual with uh, glowing golden skin uh, accompanied by a, uh, a squat uh, goblin fellow and a, uh, a furry skin tabaxi uh, stop before you. Ah, oh, Cutter, I really must be dead this time. Usually people who, this bloke, this golden bloke, usually people who meet him generally die shortly afterwards. So you might well be right. Also, we have just fallen off of a world, so we could also be dead. Nice. Uh, Valior, Valior uh, nods his head both to Cupboard and then to you, uh, Blavian, and says, Welcome, friend, uh, to the world below. I... Uh, would like you to invite you to join us as we make our way to safety. Valior, you know all those people what you safety. killed? Safety. Yes, my friend. Which was your favourite? Which one of those murders was your favourite, do you reckon? <laughs> he, he looks kind of stricken. He looks kind of pained. Uh, he says, we shall discuss that if it becomes necessary, I suppose. Um, I, I must say, my friend, what is your name, by the way? Cupboard. What am I thinking? No. Stand up. Sorry. Give an elaborate bow. Yeah. Um, believe in at your service. Ladies grace to all of you. Really nice to meet you, mate. Also really weird to be referred to as a companion by a guy that tried to kill us not too long ago. Um, yes, these individuals will tell you my name is Valior Godson. I have um, done some unfortunate things. That's a little something to live up to, isn't He's it? He's a professional murderer. Yeah, yes, I suppose so. Uh, these are my companions, uh, Cupboard and Shax. Um, no. Very pleased to make your acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah, the jury's still out on the uh, on the shiny. Bloke. I don't suppose you know. That's fair. I... Wait, horny. How did you get here anyway? I, I don't suppose you know who we are. I'll shake a large piece of parchment at you. Do you, Do you know who we are? No. It's covered with all kinds of strange lines and symbols, but who knows what the hell it says. I don't know. It's not like a map or anything? Not really. The, it could the, be. I don't the know. The shiny bloke might know. Okay, fair. I mean, I, I think I was here, and I know I don't know where I am, but I wasn't sure I was there anyway, so I'm... Um, that is fair. Where's here? Sounds like you're a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic, mate. Indeed. You don't know either, do you? You don't... Uh... You you don't recall where you where you were before yeah, you arrived here. Bit. No, but it's bound to be somewhere on here. Turn over. Well, I tell you what. Before our presence draws too much attention, there is a safe place not far from here, about five minutes or so of travel. Once we arrive there, I should be able to answer more of your questions. No, very reassuring. Very well. Lead on. You're not okay. going to try and kill us while we're going. Big smile. I swear that I shall not k attempt to kill you any more than I already have. 
Yeah, we're a bit well, butthurt still. But if he did want to kill you, not gonna lie. I would say he probably can on those worlds. Yeah, you, you, you say more than you already have, but you already did quite a lot of trying to kill us in a quite a convincing <laughs> way. So I'm not particularly well, reassured. I'm saying, I'm saying that's the end of it. I'm saying that was. <laughs> I, I think I've stepped into the middle of something I probably really shouldn't have been privy to. I mean, no, it's all right, Horny. We've just got some, have some kind of family issues going on here. It's admittedly messy. <laughs> We've got a bit of backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We are very butthurt. That is, yeah, that is a very valid point. <laughs> Understandable. I and he turns, uh, and he uh, seems to be looking at something that you guys can't see, and his voice gets very serious as he says, "We need to move now." And he starts walking uh, back towards the the bridge that you came off of. All right. Why <laughs> <laughs> horny? Where do you? Uh, why have you got horns on the top of your head? Where would you keep them normally? Cupboard has absolutely nothing to say to that. <laughs> Cupboard is absolutely baffled. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I can see you don't have any greenie, but I don't know. Did you shave them off? Oh, I never had any horns. I uh, I just have these lovely big ears. Yeah, where I come from, the size of your horns. Oh. We call that compensating where I come from. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> where I come from, we don't need horns, horny. <laughs> Virility is closely correlated with height in an inverse relationship where I'm from. <laughs> You're trying to tell me you've really only got one leg. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm currently, you, you've come across me uh, during straightened circumstances. Normally I don't have half of my foot missing. But uh, because of a sequence of events that could very, well, not very easily be foreseen, I may have lost half of my foot. That explains why you're so short. <laughs> um, I don't mean to break up this little party, but he's getting away from us. Ah, we're better follow him. He's just just to let you know, uh, he is an absolute lunatic. He kills loads of people by throwing them off big things. So he's probably taking us to kill us somewhere. But in the absence of any other options, we might as well follow him for now. In terms of who's got more, it's me. Lots of knives. <laughs> Opening his jacket. Yep. There's knives everywhere. The whole lined knives everywhere. Have you got any forks? Okay. <laughs> uh, in the bag. I don't tend to throw them no, at people. Right, fair enough. I just thought if you were, if for example you were going to have supper, for example, you might be, uh, you might find yourself with a superfluity of knives and not enough of the other cutlery. But uh, just making sure. If I was going to throw a fork, I suppose I could make a hit. And it's got three pointy bits. It could be effective. We might have to start oh. throwing things at the golden I'll have to try that. If he starts Hello, any of his funny business again, we might have to start throwing things at him. Oh, he's an entertainer. Great. Uh. <laughs> you all, uh, as you stand around uh, talking about the golden bloke, start to see uh, things hard to describe them as anything else uh just like little ribbons of uh black energy start to creep up over the side of the platform that you're standing on just these 
fingers of, of, of shadowy darkness that start moving in your direction. Those probably look like bad news. Um, yeah. I'm not very familiar with the um, ecology around here, but I don't like the look of that. No, writhing black shadow Silly questions are usually correlated with bad outcomes, in my experience. Arcana, what is that? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and make an Arcana check. Yay, it's a roll some dice. And for the first time ever, I'm not... Um... Why is that not appearing? Now you're not Barsaius, yeah. maybe you won't be rolling dice with your ass. Maybe you'll actually roll something higher than an eight. <laughs> you're not exhausted, yeah. Wow, <laughs> Okay. I like Bavian. Flavian, he's good. Yeah, he's not like that that last guy who sucked. <laughs> um, no, Barsaius was long live the dead Barsaius. Uh, <laughs> Don't think that's how it works. Long live, no, he's dead. Oh, uh, well, you know. Uh, Unless he's coming back. With a, with a 21 Arcana, you uh, get the impression, uh, sort of looking at the substance of these black threads of energy, that they represent... Uh, some kind of they're not living things but they seem to be some kind of flow of necromantic uh, power necromantic magic life draining um i'm not an expert on things necrotic and i don't want to be so i'm going to follow him because he's going away from this okay all right the good news is you don't need to be a fast runner to get away from this stuff you just need to not be the slowest. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all uh, start making after Valley or Godson. Uh, and as you're crossing these rainbow bridges, he, he waits for you to catch up. And he seems a little miffed that you haven't been following. But he just kind of shakes his head and goes back to directing you across these rainbow bridges. Um, you notice that these land masses, by the way, don't seem to be like uniform. Some of them are just rocks floating in the middle of space some uh have more of a a, a dirt uh type composition uh there are a couple that are uh just kind of small bodies of water that are just floating in the air uh that seem to be uh cupped by these rainbow strands so that you just got a pool of water uh floating adrift in this in this rainbow uh pool almost uh and he just kind of steps across those because they tend to be fairly small but you, you follow these rainbow connectors until finally you come to um, kind of a, a, a larger landmass. Not, not, not too large. Uh, you see uh, another individual uh, who is walking up to meet you. A short, stout figure uh, with a brown beard. Uh, and at the center of this particular landmass, uh, you can see that there are tough-looking iron chains which are stretching across... Uh, this this platform uh, and at the center of this platform you see uh, kind of a raised dais uh, and even from this far away you can see uh, a glowing light emitting from the dais uh, and as you uh, approach this this location you start to feel a kind of humming alongside your skin uh, just kind of this nasty kind of crawly feeling uh, and the uh, fellow who is approaching you says I hold there. Identify yourself, if you don't mind. Ladies, grace to you, good sir. Uh, Valior nods and says, uh, Hail Gert, uh, I am Valior Godson, retrieving some new visitors to our to our realm. 
this is uh, Shaxx, Cupboard, and uh, Blavian. And the uh, other fellow nods and says, Right, well... That's me, I'm Blavian. I see, so I see. Well, go ahead and take your rest. Uh, I see, apart from Valior, y'all appear to be new here, so if you don't mind, I recommend against touching that, and he points to the glowing dais at the center of the platform, uh, and he says, Other than Oh, that, now I want to touch it! Okay, are you are you going to? Someone says you can't do something, you just... Oh! I mean, it ain't gonna... Wait to the no- it ain't gonna break anything, I just recommend against it, because it's not real pleasant. I'm gonna wait till nobody's looking. Then I'm gonna okay <laughs> touch it. But Valior uh, walks onto this platform and uh, puts his back to a column and seems to just kind of <sighs> take a deep breath. Shoulders kind of sag. Uh, Gert. Yeah, what's up? Do you like murdering people as well? No. What are you talking about? Well, Valior Godson is. Uh... Are you accusing me of murder? Are you? Mangy Goblin accusing me, Gert Dungbone, of murder. Who are you calling Mangy? Have you seen how nice my hat is? What are you talking about, Mangy? I, I'll have you know I was once voted ninth best candle salesman in my local town. Ninth? Out ninth of... best candle salesman, is that eight? Yeah, out of quite a large field. Quite a large field, yeah. So, you watch it. I thought you said it was a town. <laughs> Yeah, it was a town. It was a, it was it was a town, and there was, it was a it was stiff competition as well. It was one of the best lit towns in the world, actually. Anecdotally, anyway. I think they're all distracted. I'm going to touch okay. it. Okay. Uh, you move on to the platform and you reach out and touch the dais. Uh, as you do, you um, see something else. Like your 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 vision of of what is around you doesn't disappear but you start you you suddenly get the sensation that you're simultaneously seeing into some kind of dark void uh and as your uh hand comes into contact with this dais uh, and you're seeing into this dark void you suddenly see um a small uh 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 small shift of movement uh and you see there in the darkness what looks to be a small uh yellow eye that is just looking at you. Can I poke it? Um, you you you're just seeing this, like you're not. Right. It's it's not actually there. But as you're continuing to look at this eye, uh, another there's another small movement, and you see another eye open, a short distance away. Ooh. Ooh. Then okay. there's another movement, and you see a third That's eye open, looking at you. Ooh. And then you start to see more of these eyes, and they're sort of spaced out. Uh, 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 apart from each other so they're not side by side like normal humanoid eyes they're just eyes that are just starting to look at you uh, and after about a dozen of these eyes pops up uh, one more eye this one much larger than all the others opens up and it's just staring at you I hope I'm not staring at the main eye of a beholder <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like it could be uh... that that could be what's going on I think I'll take my finger okay. off. Okay, you take your finger off, the, the void disappears. Gert, uh, Gert uh, from right next to you, somehow he's snuck up on you, says, Lovely sight, isn't she? Your pet? Uh, no, no, actually no. Uh, I've been sort of assigned to guard her. 
to keep her locked away so that she doesn't, uh, <laughs> you know, rip your Surrey hides apart. I'm good. What, you didn't think that monsters that just fell off the edge of the world just disappeared? Uh, yeah, actually, that's exactly what I thought. I've... That is actually quite an, ele- yeah, that's no, an eloquent not quite. way of saying exactly what I thought happened when things fell off the edge of the world. What, he didn't tell you? I... Who? I don't remember falling off the side of any world. Well, sure you did. I mean, that's how everybody gets here. Some of them uh... get thrown by their golden bloke. No, no, I, I, I took a wrong turn somewhere. I'm pretty sure I took a wrong turn. No, I... Valior uh, kind of sighs. And he says, I suppose I should explain exactly what this place is and what you're doing here. <sighs> well, I'm dead, aren't I? In a manner of speaking, you all must be familiar with the world's end at the edge of Ivar, as the, the world has been slowly crumbling away. Um, when when people no. call... No. No? We are. We're quite familiar no. with it, actually, no. Valior, thanks. Uh, we, we have quite vivid memories oh. of the edge of the world, actually, funnily enough. Yes, I, I imagine you do. Um, Blavian, are, are you are you from some sort of other place from, than the world of Ivar? Uh, I'm not sure, to it's be honest. Um, where are you from? Well, I've, I've got a map here somewhere. Uh-huh. Put out that big bit of paper again. Yeah. He kind of, but I don't know where here is. Kind of looks at the map and he says, "Are you, are you having trouble with your memory?" Um, no, I'm having trouble with the map. I don't know where I am. I see. I don't know where I was either. Understood. Well, perhaps uh, my mother will be able to help you. Um, oh, you have a mother too. I, I've got one of those. Indeed. Uh, allow me, at least for the sake of these two. Uh, this is a, a world which um, exists below the world that you know. Uh, as, the, as, as the world that you know An has underworld. been... underworld. Yes, you could say so. It is a form of underworld. Uh, as the uh, world that you know has been slowly disintegrating away, the, the crumbs, the, um, the remnants, if you like, that fall away have been uh, gathered up and bound together uh, through my mother's power. Um, it is not a perfect solution, but for the moment at least, the only one that we have. Powerful mum. She is quite, yes. How does your mother feel about your career of throwing people off the edge of the world and murdering them? Well, I was, um, I was actually dispatched to the world above uh, in order to bring about, if not that very thing, a sort of similar means uh my understanding and i can't say that i'm fully clear on exactly how it works uh is that people are harder to catch than land and that by uh conjoining large groups of people together and sending them all off the edge of the world at the same time i could ensure that they would more easily be able to be caught however i uh one of the uh restrictions that was placed upon me is that I had absolutely no memory of what who I was or why I was accomplishing this. I just had a, a strong sensation that I, I I needed to bring this about. 
and unfortunately that ended in a somewhat traumatizing experience for the two of you, for which I am profoundly sorry. I feel like it was quite traumatizing for all the hundreds of people what you threw off that weren't able to be saved, arguably more so than for us. It's very true. I feel I must... Things that things that descend, that fall to the world below, these things cannot return to the world above. They are They are permanently lost, and these things that are permanently lost include memory. So exactly, I'm lost. Exactly like that. Um, See, so we're, we're we're getting it. You apparently you are. So the 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 memories of what I was doing that might have encouraged me to take perhaps a, a gentler tone or a a more um, a more beneficent approach to accomplishing my objectives, I was simply not capable of realizing. And I realize that this has meant a good deal of suffering for a good deal of people. I will dedicate the rest of my life to making up for it. Yeah, I forgot about it. I think you guys all need to have a big hug and make up. Out of curiosity, what does mass murder that is a bit more beneficent look like? I think he's trying to say that they're not dead. Therefore, it's not mass murder. I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert in these things legal because... I would remember that if I was, surely. But it does seem to strike me as a bit odd if they fell off the edge of the world and caught them not dead. You are the last person I am going to call on as an authority on anything right now. You don't even know where you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> Valior says uh, our, our new friend is correct. The vast majority of uh, people who were thought destroyed by the Salvation Militia were not destroyed. They were cast into this this world below. Um, it is a... There, there are a lot of things I regret, but I do at least feel comfortable in the knowledge that my actions may have saved the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of people. And it's not so bad down here, Honestly. is it? I mean, let's be honest, it's a bit dark here and there, and the rainbow stuff is a... I don't know, it's, is that If it's normal? a bit dark, I can probably do something about that. <laughs> As a really good product market fit, I reckon, here, mate. There's probably a lot of snot yeah, you exactly. can harvest. You're the man. I can, uh, I can do you a, I'll do you a deal on some candles if you want to, uh, if you want to, you know, spruce the place up a bit. Make it a bit more, bit brighter. I, I suppose we could achieve such a thing. I am, um, uh, the, the, the two of you, you have the, um, the, the relics, the artifacts, correct? Yeah. Relics? Well, not you, Mr. Blavian. Um, but the the two of you, I must say, I, I had no idea that the two of you would play such an important role in events to come. It's not Mr. Blavian. It's just, you know, master if you must. Master, master Blavian? Blavian. I see. I apologize, Master Blavian. Um, <laughs> this one's a the, uh, the two. I forgive you. <laughs> The the uh, the relics which you achieved, uh, they were planted in the world above a long time ago, uh, attempted to um, serve as sort of a bridge between this world and the world of Ivar. Honestly, we were expecting someone to arrive long before now, but when the activation of the relics was detected, my mother sent me to retrieve you and bring you back to her, that she might explain the task 
that now falls before us if we wish to avert all of the world looking like this. And he just kind of gestures at the, the floating islands and the rainbow bridges. To be honest, I quite like it. It's got a certain ambiance. It, it does at that. I suppose it does have a certain ambiance. However, the uh, forces of ruin are ever-present and ever-threatening. I've heard that before. Somewhere. Yeah, Indeed. those forces of ruin. Interesting. They're, they're pernicious, aren't they? I, I, I can't say I'm sorry that I don't see your friend here with you as well. Considering how we parted. He's dead. He's dead? Yeah. He, uh, huh. he went in for I, a cuddle with the, imper- with the embodiment of the end of the world. Is that so? Yeah. And then he cocked it, didn't he? I see. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, although, again, given that we last parted with him throwing an axe at my chest, I suppose that's... I mean... No, I shouldn't you, say you that. You kind that's of uncommon. deserved it. No, like, don't worry. He was like a bit weird said, anyway. You kind of you know, asked for it, you know. Put it mildly. That yeah. is that is true. Yeah, I agree. That is true. That is fair. I am sorry for his death, and I will, I will pray for forgiveness. You'll be doing a lot of praying, then, mate. Don't I know it? I've never found prayer to be particularly useful, personally. Well, it becomes somewhat more useful when you're in my line of work. What line of work Murdering. is that? I'm. Well, I'm. Apart from the murdering, I'm a cleric. I'm pretty sure I might be in the same line of work. I mean... Look. Yeah, you do look like you probably are in the murdering business. Indeed. Uh, Gert, and uh, Gert says, I... They're giving you a run for their money, aren't they? Uh, yes. Um, what news do you have of the way back to the temple? And uh, Gert says, Seems to be all clear. I would uh, suggest that you hurry, though. That could change at any moment. Temples are good. We like temples. Indeed. That is where my mother waits for you. Oh. She is not... (sighs) She is not a total dick, as I have been. Does she murder a few fewer people, then? Well, to be fair, my mother's a bit of a demon, to be honest. (laughs) Your, Your mother is a demon. Nice. At least you're straightforward about it, you know? You're honest about stuff. I appreciate that. It's pretty cool. How the fuck do you remember that but you don't know where you are and how you wound up here? That's really weird, mate. You're hiding something. Something really fishy. Yeah. He's shifty, isn't he? Yeah, I've got a really big knife around the back here. (laughs) Oh yeah, that makes it so much better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this bloke. He's shifty. Uh, while you are uh, standing around talking, by the way, uh, you all can take a short rest if you have any resources that need replenishing. I know, uh, Shax, you have spell slots that you get back on a short rest. Uh, Valior, uh, kind of awkwardly, you get the impression that he's not used to explaining himself so much. <laughs> uh, but uh, as you all are standing around, he says, if I have not made it clear, uh, Shax uncovered, I... Deeply apologize for the events that led to the terror at World's End, and I dare not ask for forgiveness, but I promise that I'm not in that line of work anymore. I was not really, you know, intending to forgive you anyway, so that's good. good. I think you might want to be going into candle sales. So what exactly is your new line of work? 
shepherding the inhabitants of this world, guiding them to safety and beating back the forces of ruin. Why do you say shepherding? Is that like what the shepherding, what you did with all those people off the edge of the world? <laughs> I was focusing more mostly on beating back, to be honest. Uh, more of what I'm doing now, taking uh, new arrivals to this world to places of safety. Have we got to go meet your mum then? Indeed. Yeah, that furry. It's time to meet his Look mum. Look on the bright side. He's taken us. We're, our yeah, relationship's moved to the temple, next stage. We've Think got, about we're off this. to meet his mother. Temples, valuables. Bumped up to the next level. Think about right, it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right then, Shiny. Let's meet your mum. Come on then. I'm a... <laughs> Do you think I look smart enough to meet your mum, Shiny? He is very shiny, isn't he? Say what? Do you think I look smart enough to meet your mother? Uh, I'm sure she won't mind. As as long as you have arrived as a result of the relics, I think she won't care much what you look like at all. Do you introduce everyone to your mother on a first date? Uh, can't say as I do, but uh, unfortunately I think it's necessary in this circumstance. Anyway, if you're quite prepared, uh, let's go ahead and get moving. Yep, I'm up for that. Let's right. go. You all... Uh, leave the uh, platform of rest behind, waving goodbye to Gert Dungbone as you go. Is he not coming? Uh, no, he's... No, it's just the way he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Pull back. <laughs> Stay close to me. I um, There's no telling what threats could be out there that were as of yet not aware of. It's, as you might imagine, rather hard to map a place that is constantly dark and constantly changing. I've got a map, but I'm pretty sure this place isn't on it. I'm pretty sure you're right. I can help you with the darkness. Yes, Cupboard, I understand we can purchase your candles. <laughs> I've got a question, though. How can you say you save people if you send them to this fucking place? Well, the alternative was for them to remain on the world above until the ground literally fell out well, from underneath them. I, I reckon to a lot of people that could have been a better option. I feel like you didn't really give them a, a lot of chance there to choose. Yeah. You know. If... Furry and I spent three months whoring. I think, to be fair, there's a lot of dark here that I just don't see. Hmm. We spent loads of time whoring. It was great. And you robbed those people of that tell opportunity. Tell you what. I, I suppose so. I tell you what. If you've got complaints about my mission, you can deliver your complaints to my mother, who's the one who sent me up there in the first place. All right. I want to speak department. to the manager. Yes, you can speak to the manager. <laughs> yeah. I want to speak to your mum. Take us to your mum. We're going to complain. <laughs> All right. Uh, he starts leading you uh, across through this land, um, and uh, before he actually leaves, uh, he says, Now, it's impossible to say what sort of threats will be out there. Uh, however, I will be able to offer us some form of defense and perhaps discourage them from approaching us. Uh, and he raises a hand to his heart, and he lowers his head, and he starts speaking more words of magic uh, as he casts his spell. And uh, in a 10-foot radius around him, you start to see these uh, uh, flitting creatures uh, emitting uh, motes of radiant light. Uh, and these creatures are just flitting and zooming around him. 
Uh, and even those of you who are standing within 10 feet of him, they just kind of flit around you. You get kind of a pleasant, tingly feeling on your skin. Even me. E even you. Uh, and he says, these uh, are uh, spirit guardians that will, uh, they will not harm you, but they should harm any hostile entity that sh uh, attempts to approach us. They feel nice and tingly. Yes. I think you've been sitting down too long. Your leg's gone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he starts uh, leading you all through this world alright then into the darkness not much of a view yeah it's it's not much of a view but it is interesting that each uh, uh, fragment of land that you come across there's there's not uniformity you know if you're walking in the world above and you're walking through a forest you expect to largely just be walking through forest you see trees in every direction you see uh, bushes and undergrowth uh, with each platform that you come across here it's a different story you might be uh, standing on a rocky outcropping on one uh, spit of land uh, and then you move on to the next one and it's nothing but hard packed uh, desert sand uh, and then you might move on to the next platform and suddenly you're standing on what seems like a grassy meadow is this bits of the world above that have fallen down? Yes. I mean, quite literally bits. Yes, these are uh, fragments of the world that uh, we were able to save and preserve. Was it really worth the effort? Well, given that the alternative was everything falling into ruin, not so much. I mean... It does strike me as being a little bit defeatist to give up and just start another world. I mean, we haven't entirely given up, but this was sort of the best solution that was available. I mean, it... My mother will explain it better than I can. All right, let's go meet your mom. Yeah, you you keep traversing across this land, uh, and uh, eventually you come uh, to a spit of land that looks uh, sort of different from the ones that you've come across. Uh, for one, you don't see the rainbow bridges uh, connecting these spits of land. They seem to be uh, conjoined to each other through what looks like uh, hard tree roots, that are just extending from platform to platform and binding them together. You also see uh, like crystals and gemstones and stuff like that that are glowing with this soft purple energy. I feel like we've definitely got a market. Yeah, it does feel like a slightly posher neighborhood, this does. Uh, Valior actually stops as you reach this point and he kind of frowns and he says, this is not right. This is not right. You're right. How can one person have all this stuff and the rest of us have got rainbows and bits of dirt? I... I'm, I'm all for a fair redistribution. I suspect there are unfriendly forces in this particular area. Well, I'm feeling a bit unfriendly myself. That's fair. Stay close to me, if you don't mind. Yeah, that did work out really well for you. us it's last okay. time when we stayed close to you. <laughs> <sighs> This is my lot in life. Um, <laughs> you know what? This is quite literally your hell. Yeah. I suppose you could think of it that way. Yes, very much so. I knew I felt right at home. Uh, but he starts uh, walking forward, uh, testing his weight a little bit on these, uh, these tree roots that seem to be binding these platforms together. Uh, and you see them in contrast to sort of the rainbow bridges, which were solid. Like, these tree roots seem to kind of bend under his weight. 
Uh, and he frowns. He seems really troubled by this, but he starts uh, walking forward and inviting the rest of you to come along and stay close. If this is hell, do you think my mum's here too? Everyone's bloody mother here. Is your mother here too? I don't know. Mine died a long time ago. She was killed and had her fur sold because... Anyway. I'm sorry to hear that. It's gone. You sold your mother's fur? Was no, it I did it. it. I did I did not. But, you know... I don't, our, it might have been some kind of weird tradition were, amongst your people. I don't know. quite expensive in the world. You know, in the, in the before four times, our pelts were quite expensive. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of our people were killed. You do look very comfortable. <laughs> I am. I'm yeah. just looking over and going, "Nice pelt, <laughs> Jesus." I could definitely make a nice coat out of you. <laughs> <laughs> this got dark pretty. That got so uncomfortable so fast. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, as you're walking, uh, as you're walking forward, uh, you see a blur of movement from ahead of you, uh, and then you see uh, something moving very, very fast. Something very small uh, zips forward into the the radius of these glowing uh, spirits mm-hmm. that Valior has conjured uh, up around himself. Uh, it just zips into them, and suddenly they all just converge on this figure. Uh, and there's a poof of smoke. Can I knife it? Uh, and before you can even talk about knifing it, it has evaporated. Just gone. That's very effective. I would say so. I don't... And as he's saying that, there's another blur of motion from in front of you. Uh, and another one of these things uh, slams into the uh, the aura around him. The spirits converge on it and then disappears. Does it annoy you slightly? How many times is this going to work? I mean, it it, it continues to work until... And as he says that, another one zips into this thing uh, and the spirits descend on it. uh, And you uh, see these pulses of energy emit from the spirits. uh, And they... The the thing immediately stops moving and just lies on the ground. But it doesn't evaporate. uh, And you can actually uh, get a look at it as it lies lifeless on the dirt. Uh, you see, um, I guess I should probably just show it to you. I think my favourite quote of the evening is, yes, cupboard, we are, I am aware that we could purchase your candles. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, uh... um, if you, if you look in the Roll20 chat, uh, you will see an image of the creature, which is now lying dead at your feet. That looks cute. Yeah, you know what? It's going to be um, flatter and splattier in just a minute as I step on it. Okay, you step on this creature. Uh, For the listeners, uh, this creature is maybe about a foot in height. Uh, It is humanoid uh, with uh, blue skin and kind of leafy garments. Uh, It has a a long um, uh, kind of a head tail streaming out behind it. Uh, And... uh, I, I, if any of you want to uh, take an educated guess at what these things are, you can go ahead and make it's a It's a Twi'lek! It's oh. a Smurf! <laughs> a Twi'lek! <laughs> it's what a very small Smurf. smurf. <laughs> uh, 
Valior, have you? Uh, does it? Well, I won't be guessing what it is. Does it annoy you that the little your little personal defence network is killing all these things before you can chuck them off of the edge of planets? I mean, they've already fallen as far as I would prefer them to fall, and they seem to have some kind of malicious intent. So I can't say that I'm upset. Uh, yeah, six for Blavian, ten for Shax, eleven for Cupboard. Uh, none of you recognize these things, but Valior, his eyes kind of glow a little bit, and he says, these are fey creatures. We're under attack. And as he uh, says that you're under attack, uh, another one of these creatures materializes in a, a blur in front of you, and uh, then disappears as quickly as it appears. Like, it didn't go into the radius, uh, but it does do a thing. Cupboard. Yes. Uh, as you are sort of up front with Valior, you feel a sharp pain in your shin. And looking down, you see a dagger uh, embedded in your shin that appears to have been thrown by this small blurry thing. And you take eight points of piercing damage. I feel a piercing pain in my shin. <laughs> it's not one of mine, is it? No, it came from the smurf. We're going to go ahead and enter combat, and this Yay. and this combat is going to work a little differently from most. Uh, for one thing, we're not okay. going we're not going to have initiative, uh, but Valior is going to be moving through this area, and he's going to be encouraging you all to stay close. So you and Valior are going to act on one turn, and then these monsters are going to act on the next turn. So you just uh, all of you can decide uh, what you want to do, uh, and then. Uh, I think mostly what's going to happen is you guys are going to be readying actions. Uh, and then as these creatures appear, uh, you can attack them using your readied actions. Okay. Everybody follow? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, first up, um, yeah, uh, Valior is going to go ahead and use his full movement to move up ahead. Uh, and he mm -hmm. is going to go ahead and take the dodge action. Because at this point, it's sort of important that he keep up his spirit guardians. Okay. So we're just going to declare that we're moving full to keep up with them, or not? Pr presumably, yes. We don't want to stand on that bridge. Yeah, I'm going to keep up with him, even if he does have feathers. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sing uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart very quickly to give you all bardic inspiration. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to be readying a throwing knife. Okay, you're readying a throwing knife. Uh, Shax, are you readying an action? <laughs> guess which one? <laughs> <laughs> I can guess. I reckon Shax is readying flower arrangement. <laughs> is it the boomski skill? Yeah. It's the exploding one. Of course. <laughs> Cupboard, you seem to be a long way back on our map. Oh, yeah. Cupboard scampers to get close to everybody else. Wait for me! He hobbles pretty fast for a wee guy. I uh, don't want to be left behind when this bloke starts murdering people again. <laughs> uh, are you using an action or a bonus action cupboard? I think you said something about bardic inspiration. Yes, I will bardically inspire this lot. I get out my drum and do a little... Oi, you lot, get inspired! I'm trying to inspire you to kill these blue things! That's lovely. 
Um, <laughs> if I recall correctly, you get to inspire one person, not every person. So who do you choose right. to inspire? I'll inspire Shax. Inspire Shax, okay. Oh, sweet. Good move. Because she's right. about to get explodey. Uh, at the end of your turn, uh, four of these uh, dashing blue things suddenly appear before you. Uh, so those of you who have readied actions can go ahead and use them. Uh, they are moving cool. so fast that attack rolls against them are going to have disadvantage. Okay. Um, I'll attack then. Oi, Valior! A yes. 9 and a 19, so disadvantage, that's a 9. Yep, do, you reckon, do, do you reckon these blue things would tell the difference between a real mind flayer and an imaginary mind flayer? I uh, I can't say for sure. Um, perhaps they might be fooled by such a thing. Right, alright, fair enough. I'll bear that in mind. Okay. I'm going to ask you a silly question, Mr. DM. Hellish Rebuke, how does that work? Uh... Well, what does the spell say? Because it doesn't give me a description. It just it's just there on my on my features list under spells. All right, I let's think go ahead and be attacked first and respond to the attack. That I was looking at that one as well. Hellish Rebuke. Hellish Rebuke as well. No, I was I was I was considering it at some point last month. Okay. Uh, Hellish Rebuke, it is a reaction spell, so this would be something you would do instead of taking a readied action. Uh, mm -hmm. So when you are damaged by a creature within 60 feet of you that you can see, you point your finger and the creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. The creature must make a dexterity saving throw. It takes 2d10 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's that could be that could be handy. Uh, all right, I see the first roll for Shax's Eldritch Blast. Yeah, I'm trying and to hit this little little cat. Yep. Mm. Your disadvantage, even another roll. Right. Okay. Another roll. Second roll is a 19. So 14 is the lowest. Unfortunately, 14 is not fast enough to hit these things. Uh, and they are going to throw uh, daggers, uh, one at Valior and one for each of you. Very so uh, for Valior. egalitarian of them. Is that Say your what? type of fairies, Angus? My type of fairies? Um, no, these don't qualify as fairies. All right. Uh, it's a 24 to hit Valior. So Valior takes eight points of piercing damage. Uh, 17 to hit um, Blavian. Yep, that's a hit, because I'm only um, armor 15. Yeah, so you take uh, 8 points of piercing damage, uh, mm -hmm. 19 to hit cupboard. Yeah, that's a hit. So you take another 8 points of piercing damage, uh, and then a natural 1 to hit Shax. Uh, so you don't take any damage, I would imagine. Uh, and then they... Yeah. Uh, my roll 20 is not working uh, at the moment, but imagine oh. that the uh, four uh, critters that you see in front of you disappear. Uh, and it is your turn to act. Can I, can I mm. cure myself? Can I heal myself and, uh, and ready a silent image? Uh, you can only do one or the other, because uh, both of them would be in action. 
I'm gonna follow um, the golden bloke. Okay. With the feathers. Um, as you follow Valiar... Just a quick... Yeah. Question. These are fake creatures, did somebody say? Yeah. Fake creatures have the usual vulnerabilities of fake creatures. Vulnerability isn't as much a thing in 5th edition, but if mm. you mean effects that normally affect fake creatures like cold iron... Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely do damage to them. Mm. Anyone got a bag of iron filings on them? <laughs> I left all my bags of iron filings back in my... Uh... Back in your other pocket, yeah, yeah I know. Let's go. <laughs> Back in my coat of what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> hey, wow! When you uh, move Shax, your okay, when you move your icon around on all I've got of any use is a bottle of baby oil uh, made with real babies. <laughs> We're gonna need to edit this. Jesus. <laughs> Shax, as you move forward to move Valiar, go ahead and make a perception check for me. Actually, all of you, as you're moving up to join him, make perception checks. Okay, that's a 12 for Blavian and Shax, and a 15 for Cupboard. Uh, Cupboard, as you uh, move up to join Valior, you uh, look, uh, it's northeast on your map, but you see this uh, kind of small cavern where you can suddenly uh, figure out that this cavern is where these things are darting in and out from. Uh, and you can see them just blurs of motion inside this cavern getting ready to dart out and throw their daggers at you again. They're all in that cavern over there. I can see them playing with their daggers. Is it a big cavern? Uh, it looks like um, a medium-sized cavern. No, I mean, how big is the entrance? Is that a small... I mean, these things are pretty small. Is it a small cavern? Uh, the entrance isn't that small. You could certainly get inside if you wanted to. No, no, but if, it's, if I had to struggle to get inside, that's a good idea. If I was to take my blanket and cover the entrance, would they get out? Um... I mean, they have weapons. They could probably cut through your blanket. But if it was sufficiently yeah, tough... Valior, why don't you go and stand in that in that little entrance right there and stop them getting out with your body? Fair enough. Keep moving. And he will take the dash action and he will move over here to block them from getting out. Nice. All right, well, let's scarf them then. orders. That is great. That's very noble. I think I'm going. Uh, Come on, let's cock it. Yep. Fuck, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you do know where we're going, don't you? Well, uh, I hope I, we don't meet his I mother. Pre- presume. Oh I've got a map. All right. The uh, creatures are going to take three attacks against Valior. Uh, two of which hit for 15 points of piercing damage. He's got to make his concentration saving throw. Oh, I love the dynamic lighting. Yeah, it's fails. Brilliant, isn't, it? isn't it great? It's really cool. So, DM, we are legging it as fast as we can go. By the way, which for you isn't very yeah, fast. Exactly. I have I have very short legs and only three quarters of my full complement of feet, but I'm still legging it as fast. <laughs> as I can go. Uh, you hear uh, Valior uh, cry out in pain. Uh, and looking back over your shoulder, you see the uh, glowing spirits uh, suddenly dissipate. And then one of the uh, creatures uh, skitters up to you and is going to uh, stab each, uh, all three of you with its daggers. What? Uh, and then zip out of your reach again. You will be able to take attacks of opportunity against this creature if you want to. Yeah. Or could we just avoid it? Or you could just avoid it and keep going. 
Yeah, I'm having an attack of opportunity, please. Okay. Uh, uh, that is a 13 to hit you, Blavian. Uh, that doesn't. I needed a 15. Nice. Uh, 19 to hit Shax. Uh, okay. Uh, so you take 7 points of piercing damage. Uh, and then Cupboard, that's an 11 to hit you. That does not hit me. I'm a class 14. Hey! 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 Not dead! Woot! Uh, anybody who wants to take attacks of opportunity as it zips away? Yes, please. Uh, I've got a pair of scimitars and I've got two weapon fighting. Does that make a difference? Uh, you only get to make one attack when you do an attack of opportunity. One attack. That's what I thought you were going to say. Okay, here we go. 19. What's I got? What's I got? 19. Your dice are way better as Blavian. <laughs> that does hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Ooh, damage. Nice. Let's see. That's uh, that one. I think because you've got an ally within five feet, you do get your sneak attack also. Ooh, do I? Yeah. Well, I don't even know what that adds. Um... Well, it, it uh, calculated it already for you in the, the roll 20. So you deal five uh, slashing damage with your scimitar, and then you deal an extra two points of damage uh, from your sneak attack. Ah, okay. That's cool. So as this thing uh, zooms in front of you, Blavian, you take your attack of opportunity against it. Uh, you lash out with your scimitar, and you feel uh, it it bite into tough face skin, and you see it kind of reel for a second uh, in obvious pain uh, before it zips off back to its cave. Come on, then, if you think you're hard enough. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for their turn. Anybody else? I uh, or cast... rather, it is... I will cast Silent Image. Silent um... Image. All right, what are you creating? Uh, I will create a mind flare. Why not? <laughs> An oldie but a goodie. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same episode if it was if there wasn't a mind flare. Precisely, somewhere. and I will cast it there, which is tactically exact behind where I'm legging it to. Okay. You don't think we should wait for Angel Boy? Uh, no, he's uh, he's he's uh, he's. He's big enough and ugly enough to look after himself. Besides, he didn't really wait for us when he was busy throwing us off the edge of the world, did he? I don't think he threw me off the edge of the world. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm less bothered about you, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm significantly more bothered about all the murdering he tried to do to me. Clearly didn't work out for him. You're here. No, but just because he wasn't very good at it doesn't mean that I'm going to forgive him. <laughs> you know, Can't really blame me for that. The thought that counts, right? Yeah, exactly. What she said. Oh hell no! If it was a thought that counts, my God, I'd be guilty of everything. Well, you very well might Probably be. Probably are. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a few things I am. Anyway, in this six-second combat round, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be. <laughs> I think we're getting out of here. Cover has cast a a mind flare. Yeah, and legging yep. it. Uh. I don't know. I can't, um, I can't see the pixies anywhere. Yeah, because they're zipping in and out of their cave at lightning speed. Is um, their cave is there, isn't it? Yep, their cave is there where Valior yeah. is. So, yeah. Yep. So safety is here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So cupboard will be legging. Let's it go to the safe place. All right. To there. Let's run, run to safety. How okay, those of you who can off? take, uh, if you haven't. Uh, used your action already, you can take the dash action to double your movement for a total of 12 squares. Uh, if you've already used your action on conjuring a mind flare, you only have 6 squares of movement. Okay, so I'm actually there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is there more off the side of the map? Have I missing something? Uh, you and your bloody maps. <laughs> I don't really know where I oh, am. Oh, I've got a long way to go, haven't I? Um, hang on. Sure I should be somewhere over beside Shaq. Leave that silly little goblin behind. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Shiny. You just come on, short you stuff. Just stay over there. <laughs> All right, uh, Valior is going to bring up his spirit guardians again uh, because he just experienced a significant amount of pain. I can't remember if it's. You a... don't think his mum will be rotated? Can't remember if it's a 15 foot radius or a 10. I think it's 15. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, Cupboard, I would like you to go ahead and make a, um, I guess, intimidation check for your mind flare. Oh, good. Natural six. Ten. Yeah. Uh, six plus four for ten. Um, I don't think that's going to do it for these fellas. Uh, and they are going to, uh, they're going to dash up to you. Uh, and uh, one of them is going to give each of you a little, a little love dagger. A little love dagger. Uh, and as it zips away from you again... I love daggers. Love daggers. Nice. It sounds nicer than I expected uh, it is. Can I dodge this time? Uh, well, you oh. didn't take the dodge action. Mm, it's true. Uh, so, Cover, that's 22 to hit you. Uh, okay, well, that's me out of hit points. That's, that's a okay. hit, and that's, really? seven, that's seven damage, and I had seven hit points, so that's me on... Uh, that's me on cool. nothing. Oh crap! I'm gonna have to go back and get well, I've him. Got that. is unconscious. Well, I've got the um, I've got the periapt wound closure. That's true. So you're automatically stabilized. Yeah. God, my surroundings are so dark. Um, I can help with that. You were trying to do this kind of uh, against Shax. That is a <laughs> twelve to hit you. Should get some candles. Yeah, I have like out thirteen. Uh... Okay, so you're fine, and then Blavian, that's a 13 to hit you. Yeah, I won't. I need a 15 to be hit. Okay. Uh, if uh, either of you want to take attacks of opportunity as this thing starts running out of range again. Um. Yeah, what the hell. All right. I feel it, they're bothered to try and strike at us. We may as well just have a go back. 14, that probably isn't going to be enough to hit. Nope. 21. Usually you can't use spells for attacks of opportunity, but what? whatever. Uh, That's do roll again, though, because you have... Uh, do, do roll again, though, because you have disadvantage. 13. Yeah, that's unfortunately not going to do it. Uh, Blavian, you, you slash with your scimitar and, and shacks. Um, uh, you uh, lash out with your Eldritch Blast, but you are unable to hit this thing as it speeds back towards the safety of its cave. Uh, as it does, it runs right into Valior's uh, reapplied Spirit Guardians, and you see a poof of smoke and a quick, ah! um, back where Valior is. Okay. I'm going to run back and get the goblin. Okay. You rush back. You pick up Cupboard. And you start running for the exit. Over one shoulder. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and at this point, that is enough. The the three of you, uh, one of you unconscious over Blavian's shoulder, uh, keep on running, and uh, you don't hear any more pursuit behind you. Okay. Whew. Well. So, um, what do I do with this one? I mean, I'm not really a healer. I've got save the dead, but the have to have zero 
Well, I can make him dead, then you could save him. As you all stand around Hang thinking on. about what to do with Cupboard, uh, you see the glow of Valior's spirit guardians come up behind you. Um, he looks like... Um, he looks pretty bad. You can see uh, blood just oozing through various gaps in his armor. Uh, looks like they stuck him quite a few times uh, as he limps up to join you. Uh, and seeing Cupboard on the ground, he uh, reaches out and extends a hand and will restore 10 hit points to you, Cupboard. So you return to consciousness. I do hope that's their blood, not yours. No, quite a significant portion of it is mine. <coughs> but it's fine. Oh, I, I, feel, uh, I feel really sprightly again. Very good. I shall have to issue a warning to the settlements not to go through this region until we are able to clear it out. <coughs> I think you're going to live to regret doing that. You know, I suppose I could. I mean, healing the goblin. Oh, I mean, <laughs> perhaps. I think there's there's more at stake here than just my personal sort of like or, or dislike of various personalities. Anyway... Uh, You're definitely one of my favourites after trying to do the murdering by throwing us off worlds and stuff. I haven't known any of you very long, but I've heard that story quite a few times now. <laughs> do you think you could tell me something different? Nah. It's. I mean, it's, it's not like a proper story anyway. The, the, the details stay the same. The, the details are the salient parts I, I, try to, I tend to find. Uh, and It's not a proper story then, is it, if the details don't change? What are you, what are you talking about? The main detail is he tried to kill me. Although... But that doesn't make a very interesting story after the fourth time, does it? He did just try... He did just... What I'm trying to say is change it up a bit, bit, you know? Well, he did just bring me back to life, so I suppose that does mean that he's... That has added a bit of nuance to the story, I suppose. You all keep travelling, uh, and after about uh, 10, 20 more minutes of travel, uh, you begin to see another source of light ahead of you, and you have sort of been uh, gotten used to seeing just sort of these strands of rainbow energy connecting the various platforms suspended through this endless void. Uh, but now you see uh, what looks to be um, a large structure. And coming out of this large structure, you can see uh, thick strands of light in different colors. Uh, seven strands of, of, of light... Uh, and these strands of light are kind of coalescing above the building uh, and uh, conjoining into a rainbow, which then comes back down and is then dispersing into these rainbow bridges that you've been seeing. Is that like a kind of fountain of light? Sort of, yeah. Yeah. It seems like whatever... Um, it, it seems like you might have reached maybe the origin point of all of these rainbow bridges that are connecting these land masses. Okay. Uh, so it's not natural after all. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, and as you start moving towards this temple, uh, you start to see people moving around on these platforms, and you begin to see uh, glowing lamps, glowing lamp posts. You see, uh, I, I guess they would be called ever burning flames. Uh, just just metal posts sticking out of the ground, uh, and they have uh, glowing red gemstones set in them that get off a light like fire. And you can see people moving around, uh, almost 
like maybe an old Russian town at night. Starting to look a bit more civilized. A little bit more civilized. Uh, you see uh, individuals just sort of, you know, uh, humans, dwarves, elves, uh, the usual sort that you would expect to see in the world above. Uh, and as you approach them and uh, led by uh, a beaten and bloody Valior, they kind of turn to him and they they nod and they they mutter some some words of greeting. Um, I would like the three of you to go ahead and make history checks. I love history. Clearly, I don't remember any history. Yeah, I shouldn't have even asked. Yeah, him. you do. All right. Um, so that's a five for Blavian, who I probably shouldn't have asked, uh, 13 for Cupboard and seven for Shax. You don't recognize any of these people, uh, but they are, uh, pointing and staring as soon as they see that Valior is leading you. Um, and I also want to ask, uh, who is holding the Cabsey necklace? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, Not me. I think it was Cupboard. Okay, cupboard. Then. It was cupboard. The last we openly acknowledged it. Cupboard. What have you done with the necklace? Uh, I've got it in my in my pocket, haven't I? Okay, just checking. Uh, but yeah, you start walking through what seems to be a town suspended on these floating blocks of matter, uh, and Valior is leading you through them. He will occasionally uh, stop and exchange a word with uh, some of the passersby. Not much, just kind of a. How are you? How are you doing? Are you okay? That that sort of thing. Uh, it seems that everybody here sort of knows who he is, and he says, uh, "Are the three of you ready?" For what? Yeah, for what? I was born ready. Is it time to meet your mum? It is. Yes. Does she like candles? You know, she might not. Scented ones. She might not hate them. And My mum he, loves candles. He, uh, he leads you forward uh, to the front door of the temple. And as you all, <clears throat> as you all approach the doors, uh, you feel like this place is kind of vaguely familiar. And you look up above the doors uh, and you can see uh, kind of uh, an emblem carved into the, uh, the stone relief. Uh, an emblem uh, of a waterfall falling into a uh, still pond. Uh, and covered in shacks, you realize that you've seen this building before. Uh, you saw it a couple of months ago uh, as the Salvation Militia marched you to the edge of the world. This is the Temple of Eldath, uh, where you nearly fell to your deaths, now reconstituted here underneath the world that you come from. And uh, Valior approaches the door, and he knocks on it with a gauntleted fist. Uh, and the door opens, and standing in the, uh, the doorway, you see an elderly human woman uh, standing there, a human woman that Shax, uh, you recognize. I recognize her. Yeah, I know it was a million billion years ago, but do you remember in the first session there was a woman who was in front of you in the line? Yeah, Milna. Milna, yeah. She looks to hey, be about 60 or so years old. Long, stringy, gray hair. 
and she's uh, dressed in uh, a peasant blouse with uh, pants, and she uh, pulls the door back, and her eyes seem to like harden a little bit as she sees Valior standing there. Uh, but then she dismisses I him. I think my mom's harder than her. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, but she dis- But then she was a succubus. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, she dismisses him, and then she looks past him and sees you, and she says, "Oh, you're the ones then. It's are good you, to see you. Uh, are you Valio's mum? Me? Oh no, 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 no." Uh, I've, I'm the lady's handmaiden. Um, I suppose you're here to see her then. Uh, please, please come in. And she opens the doors wider for you guys to enter the temple. Okay. I will enter the temple. But I thought they, they just slaughtered no Oh, not Valier. Lucky escape there, mate. <laughs> oh no, what happened to my map? Uh, I don't know. What's it supposed to happen? Has cupboard drawn all over it? No, but... <laughs> something's happened to my drawings, and they're all over the place. Uh, okay. Um... Sorry, give me just a second. Okay, it's just... My, my whole image is broken. It's fine. But you step forward into the Temple of Eldath, uh, and in front of you, at the end of this, this long passage, uh, you see, uh, standing uh, inside the temple, a woman about 10 12 feet tall uh her entire body is kind of sheathed in this radiant light and she is wearing these uh golden robes that are just uh swirling with uh various images that you can't quite see from this far away but perhaps those butterfly wings uh no perhaps the most significant thing you can see about her she does have these uh these feathered wings uh at her back but her hair uh, is instead of normal humanoid hair, she just has these these seven strands of different colored light coming off of her head. Uh, and they've, as, as you can see on the, the Roll20 map, they've just kind of scattered all over the place, but they're meant to be coming out of her head. Uh, these strands of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and indigo light are just uh, streaming out from her head in all directions. Uh, and as you walk and enter into this temple, she looks up at the three of you, the four of you, including Valior, uh, and she smiles. Valior, you mum's the god of rainbows. And she says, Welcome, my friends. I am Arch, sustainer of the world. Hello. Um, are you Valior's mum? I am indeed the mother of Valior. Do you know that your son's been a very naughty boy? She uh she smiles and uh she she looks down at cupboard and she says Yes, yes, yes. I, understand I understand that he's, that he's taken, taken actions, actions that quite, that quite a, lot a lot of people are upset at him for. But please, please let me let start me by welcoming you to this place. place. I apologize for the state of the world below the one you know. But there is only so much that even I can do to sustain things. I would imagine that you have many questions, and what you ask me, I shall answer. Where exactly are we on this map? <laughs> uh, she looks at your map. 
I'm afraid we are not anywhere on this map. This map is of the world of Ivar, the world above, and we are residents of the world below. I'll turn the map over. Okay. So, where now? She actually um, considers the blank space for a second, and then she stretches a hand out, and uh, on the, the blank underside of your map, you start to see uh, ink materialize out of nowhere, just drawing this very elegant uh, uh, diagram, uh, this, this very elegant map that seems to represent the location that you are now traveling through. That's, that's one. I don't think my mom could do that. Wow. And she smiles and she reaches out and she taps a point on the map and a mm -hmm. uh, glowing yellow dot appears at the center of um, a, a larger platform. Uh, and scrawled underneath the glowing yellow dot are the common words, you are here. I think it's wrong on this map. It appears to say Valley or Eats Balls. <laughs> 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 uh, she laughs a little bit and Valiar I think at this point is just kind of sheepishly standing off to the side um, with his head down a little bit and his face turns red I've got a question Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Godson my name, my is, name is Arch, Arch. but what is, what your, is question? your question uh, I'm just going to noticing it looks a little bit dark in it um, I wondered whether you <laughs> It's actually not dark in here. Uh, the interior of this temple, just every corner of it is filled with celestial radiance. And I don't know if that... Maybe if you want to try and bluff this goddess into thinking that it's actually dark in here. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I would like to try and sell candles to a goddess in a temple filled with celestial radiance. Yes, I would like to do that. Okay. <laughs> I used to Eskimos. Go ahead and make your pitch. Uh, so, uh, I, I noticed that you've got all this uh, celestial radiance everywhere, which is very nice and all, but it's a little bit passe, um, some would say. Not me, not me personally. Obviously, I wouldn't say that. I think it's lovely. I think it's absolutely lovely. But some people, some more churlish, some, uh, you know, more fashion-forward people might say that um, it's a little bit too much, maybe. A little bit too much. Um, and also, some people might um, some people uh, might have also uh, noticed that actually, although you are doing quite well on the illumination aspect of uh, the potential candle owner uh, spectrum, you're not doing all that well for... Um, in terms of your ritual, I'll tap cover on the shoulder. Ritual candle uh, atmosphere, and I, uh, I just I couldn't help but to think that covered, you, covered. What, what is it? What covered? What? Covered. Well, you, you you put candles on the altar here, don't you? It's one of these churchy things, you know. You know. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to sell a ritual candles. That's my new. That's my. That's my I don't. It's my new. Uh, it's my new diversification. Perhaps you, light, isn't it? perhaps you should put a candle up and light it and show, show it what the candles look like. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. Cupboard scampers over to um, something that looks like a, an altar. Maybe is there somewhere that covered? Could put sure. There, there are various altars scattered throughout this temple. 
Uh, yeah, cupboards, campers well, over to an altar. And procures a candle uh, out of uh, a pouch and puts it uh, and puts it on the thingy and um, uh, and then lights it off of one of the lanterns. Yeah, look at that. That's what. That's one of my new uh, ritual candles. That one. It's uh, it's it's for the uh, it's for the fashion conscious celestial Pungent. being. What wants to make sure that they have upped their ritual game. Uh, and it is uh, it, it's for those who for whom illumination is not the primary concern, and uh, and are and who are looking to uh, increase their uh, their profile in the in the world of rituals. Yeah. It's definitely a ritual candle, uh, and for the uh, is, that, is, is that is that Sex Panther? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one is actually Sex Panther. Yeah, uh, and actually, because you're a really nice woman with lovely lightning come of off of, coming off of your head, uh, that I can't help noticing is really very nice and will go really lovely with one of these candles. Um, I will do you a very special deal of only. Three silver pieces for this candle, or 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 two, if you bought them in a pack of ten. Um, <laughs> Valior uh, stands with his mouth open in shock. Uh, for her part, um, uh, Arch smiles, uh, and she says. I have, I have some, some appreciation, appreciation for your mercantile skill, skill, my young fellow. Commerce is, I suppose, I suppose one, one way, way of bringing, bringing people, people together. together. Yeah, that's how I see it. That's how I see it, definitely. I don't, I don't think, think I, in particular, have much use for ritual candles, given that rituals are typically used to summon and channel godly power. And as I am the source of that power, I don't really see the need to conduct rituals to call it into being. However, I'm certain my handmaiden Milna might make good use of these candles. So here. And she extends a hand, and in her hand you see three silver pieces. Oh, yes! 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 Come and sold the candle! Alright! I sold a candle to a goddess! Oh, yeah! Covered moonwalks raffishly across the temple floor, uh, pockets the silver pieces, and presents one as you, uh, lopsided, as you take slightly the, miserable looking candle. As you take the uh, three silver pieces from her hand, your uh, skin touches her skin, and there is just a blast of energy that uh, emanates from you as you fly across the temple and slam into the wall. Uh, <laughs> propelled by your contact with this avatar of a divine being uh and she uh she kind of sighs a little bit and she extends a hand uh and cupboard who probably has been knocked unconscious by this impact uh you start uh floating through the air towards you uh and she uh murmurs a few words and then you suddenly come awake again Uh, and as you are hovering suspended in midair uh blinking your eyes awake you start to feel your foot starts to feel kind of itchy. Um, the the one that half of it was gone, and as Blavian and Shax, as the two of you are watching, you see his foot start to uh, uh, twist and turn and grow, and you see his foot grow back. Um, and I uh, want to sell her. A that must be totally well. better. 
What the fuck? <laughs> I want my tail back. Uh, as you say that, she turns to you, Shax, and nods, and your tail starts to really, really itch as it starts to grow back into its original form. Uh, and Cupboard and Shax, um, and she'll 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 do for Blavian as well. Uh, the three of you are under the effects of a regenerate spell for the next hour. So for the next hour, uh, at the start of every round, you regain one hit point, and if you have any missing or malformed limbs, they will regenerate. Hey! My horns are okay. Your horns are fine. So thank God for that. Just so you know, I've actually started a new range of scented candles. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll be doing an intro. I'll be doing an introductory offer on my scented candles in due course. But I thought I'd give you, as a discerning customer, uh, I thought I'd get a uh, preferred discerning customer. I thought I'd give you advance notice that we will be soon entering production of our scented candle range. Cupboard, what else do you have that needs growing, huh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be. That's a personal comment, Furry. I I don't have any. I'm a I'm a very good height for a goblin. I'm a, I'm a perfect height for a goblin. I'll have you know. Uh, she uh, Arch looks at Valior, who just kind of shrugs, and she says, "I must say, I wasn't expecting this reaction upon meeting you." Generally speaking, the people who come to join me in this community are. I don't, I don't want to want say, to say more, respectful, more respectful, but, 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 but yes, I, I just, just have, have to say, say they're more respectful. More respectful. And as she says it, there's a bit of a twinkle in her eye, and just a hint of lightning. Well, in all fairness, we didn't really want to be here, as far as I know, you know. Yeah, we was whoring. Want, you need something from us, isn't that the case? We didn't we, really want to wind and up And I'm just here. lost. Yeah, she's right. We was happily whoring. I see. I think what my new friends are trying to say is they have simple tastes, they're simple folks, and um, not, it's not I'm every not, day they meet... Um, I'm not simple, I just have very complicated preferences, alright? Yeah, speak for yourself. I'm not simple. I make scented candles. I'm sophisticated. I suppose it is fair to say... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say that, that I need, I need something, something from, from you, but the but world the needs something from you. Yeah, same thing. The world seems to not be, you know, connected much anymore. Yeah. This is, this true. is true. So, why don't, why don't I start, I start from, from the beginning, beginning and, explain and explain just why the world, world of Ivar is in the state, state that it is? Okay. So with our heroes of no affinity, we reside inside the Temple of Eldath to hear Arch's story of how the world came to be. Our surroundings dim, as though someone's turned down the lights or extinguished a candle. All we can see is the glow of Arch, her strands of rainbow hair spiraling out through the back of the temple and the faces of no affinity illuminated by the celestial glow. Arch's eyes close in concentration, and we begin to see an image 
takes shape in the air above us. We see a single mountain peak protruding high above a glistening silvery sea. The mountain itself, glittering with beautiful lights across its length and breadth. And Arch says, In the earliest era of the multiverse, my brother and I lived with the other gods atop the summit of Mount Celestia. It was a plane of justice, law, and goodness. And from that high place, we dictated the course of mortals' lives. From the smallest of insects, to the largest of monstrosities. We created worlds, including yours, and set them in their places in the prime material plane, to exist for a number of years only we could count. And as Arch is speaking, we see threads of glowing power reaching out from the mountain, forming into familiar landmarks, hills and lakes and deserts. Arch continues. I say say we crafted crafted these worlds, but I refer to myself myself and most most other gods. My brother brother Ruin participated participated not in these these acts of creation, creation, preferring to keep to himself himself and watch. watch. Several times I caught him in the act of sabotaging these worlds, tearing at the fabric of the weave and endangering the inhabitants therein. Eventually, Ruin's sins grew grievous. He seized a strand of the far realm, damaging his own divinity in the process, and threaded the strand about a world, the land of Iberatoril. Aberrations flooded into that world, completely destroying all life. The gods had no choice but to annihilate what remained of Ivir Toril, lest the far realm expand to threaten the outer planes. As she's speaking, we see the events that she's describing illustrated. We see a long, muscular arm reach out and grasp a sparking thread of power and pull it taut around what looks like a multicolored pool and squeeze, causing the pool itself to constrict, and its colors dim. Arch says, For his crime, Ruin was brought to trial before Mechanus, the being of supreme law and order. At the trial, Ruin spoke in his own defense, He declared that order, structure, and life were unnatural, and that the true inclination of the multiverse was toward chaos and annihilation. He spoke that regardless of the efforts of any divine beings, eventually all would fall to darkness and be destroyed forevermore. For the first time, Mechanus found himself unable to reach a ruling on the matter, and placed Ruin's punishment back into the hands of the other gods. They decided that Ruin could not remain on Mount Celestia, for his presence was too disruptive and threatened too much of the multiverse. But he could not be killed for killing a god. It is impossible. Therefore they decided that Ruin should be cast down into a world upon the prime material plane, and that world should be severed from its neighbors, 
a self-contained sphere adrift forever upon the astral sea, never to be opened again. And so it came to pass that your world, the world of Ivar, was selected as Ruin's resting place. The gods threw him down from the mountain, and his impact with the world shattered both him and the world itself. And as Arch is describing this, we see that mountain again, and a dark silhouette thrown down from it, smashing into a softly glowing puddle, and both the silhouette and the puddle are shattered into a thousand pieces. Arch says, The gods crafted a planar anchor, the object you and Ivar refer to as the Elevar Spire which would hold the world closed to the plains outside forevermore. All that remained was the question of who would deliver this anchor. As the sister of the fallen god, I believed I bore some responsibility for his fate, so I volunteered for the task. I descended into your world and embedded the anchor, severing Ivar from its neighbors for all time. It appeared that my brother had been utterly destroyed by his impact with Ivar, but I knew he would eventually regain his strength. I remained among your people, helping you rebuild your cultures after Ruin's fall. You might have been a doomed world, but I was determined not to abandon you. Even if I could have, I would not have left your world behind. For Ivar holds a special place in my heart. It was my first world, the first I ever created, and the only one in which my brother had a hand as well. It was in his early days before he grew dark and wrathful. The two of us crafted this land piece by piece, side by side, and it was for this reason that Ivar was chosen, to imprison ruin forever. I remained among your people in the world above for a century, but grew ever more aware of Ruin's expanding power. I knew that I could not slow his presence from the world above. Only by descending to meet him could I halt his advance. Therefore, I embedded what your temples call the conjoined crystals within the Elevar Spire, and crafted a gem from a piece of each crystal. I created a focusing harness for the gem, and left him in the hands of my most trusted friends, the Cabillon family. I told them to hold on to the relic, and when the world grew near its end, their descendants could use it to reach me and be safe. I then descended to the place I now stand, and set about thwarting my brother's inevitable rise. For two and a half millennia, I have fought to suppress him. He raged and fought against me, but I have been vigilant and he cannot pass me. Gradually, I became aware that his very presence was causing the world to fray and fall down to the depths. It was a slow process, so much so that mortals could not even measure it with their primitive tools, but it was occurring. While the god's anchor held most of Ivar together, at its edges it was being slowly pulled apart. 
Unable to leave my position as sentinel, I caught most of these fragments as they fell before they could reach ruin. However, I could not return them to their original place. Most of my power was occupied with my lonely watch, and it is far easier to bring things to ruin than to build them back up. Unfortunately, as my brother has continued to coalesce, he has grown more powerful. He has pushed against me, forcing me to expend more energy to hold him down, and more fragments of Ivar have gone uncaught, descending into ruins annihilation. A century ago, the deterioration of Ivar grew to such a measure that even you short-lived mortals could measure it. And as ruin consumed more and more of your land, he reclaimed that of his power, which had gone into creating it in the first place, and his strength increased. Eventually, it was not just land falling into ruins and grace. Living things, people, my children, fell from Ivar above. I saved some of them but I could not save them all. And at this point, Arch opens her eyes a moment, and we see a sparkling, multicolored tear streak down her face. Then she closes her eyes again. Nevertheless, those I could save, I built a home for. I pulled together the fallen fragments of Ivar into an island below the world. These few settlers called this place the Remnant, and themselves the Forsaken, once they knew of the gods' abandonment of their world. I gave them all I could, and would give more if I could save those I had lost to ruin. I trapped dangers from the world above, and provided warmth and light through the anchor. Still, I have not the strength to restore what has fallen, only to hold suspended above ruin that which I have caught, while I continue to beat back my brother's power. She sighs. I wish I could have communicated this to you in the world above, but ruin's influence is pervasive. Below the remnant, it can destroy anything, but even should something be able to rise from this place to the world above, something would be lost along the way. I sent champions and messengers, but they emerged onto Ivar as empty vessels, their memories lost in the world below. Eventually, I sent my son, Valior. I had hoped that he would organize your people in such a way as to convey your safe transference down to the remnant as your world grew ever smaller. But even my message to him was, shall we say, lost in translation. Instead of safely organizing your people into refugees I could easily save, he formed them into lines and hurled them from the world's edge. Even in this, his actions did serve a purpose, for it was much easier for me to catch large groups of people together than if they fell from the world one at a time in different locations. Even so, the trauma of those who fell? I would have preferred another way. At any rate, 
the fall of your world continues apace. I was relieved when you at last managed to reunite my vessel and join me here. By traveling through the anchor, you see, you can avoid the deteriorative effects of ruin's influence. All of you are the only ones who can carry word of what exists here back to Ivar above. And when the anchor regains its charge, I shall send you back. Soon it will be time for you to return to home.